0: Good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to us, and hi you listening to us, thank you for making the sports and the world podcast a part of your day. I'm Darius Brown, and I hope all of you are safe, especially more so now than ever, given the climate of the world that we're in, that you're wearing your mask, you're being safe, washing your hands. But before we before we get into that, I'll just go another a little mini tangent, if you'll indulge me. I understand that a lot of people may think that this is a hoax. This is kind of an election, you know, situation, you know, it's a diversion. But when you see people dying, dying is not a diversion. And I think it's important to understand that when you wear your mask, when you're out there being safe, and it's important to understand to be safe. And I understand that you may not agree when they tell you to hey, quarantine and stay in your house. I get all of that. But the reality is simply this. Just be safe. If you want life to be normal, you have to sacrifice something. And in this case it's your time. And and I just sit here and I just say it again if I didn't say it before. Is to think, you know, our healthcare work. Think all of the men and women who are up there working hard. You know, folks For those who do delivery, tip, tip them, please. They're out there sacrificing to to make sure you and your family eat while while they're out there worrying about their family. And I say, at the end of the day, listen, just be smart. Thank those who are out there sacrificing their health for the betterment of us. And that's your PSA sponsored by the Sports in the World podcast. But with that, let's, let's dive in. I talked about last week about Major League Baseball, and I talked about you know whether they should even play. And I essentially said when you listen to voices like a, Ma- a Mike Trout saying, maybe I may not play this season, that changes the dynamic of the league. Even if it's 60 games, because you look at the Angels without Mike Trout, it's not great. I'm not saying, you know, Shohei Otani, you know, they got Joe Madden. I'm not saying they're going to be, you know, terrible. But take away the baseball for a minute. Take away the baseball for a minute. And understand that if the best player in your game is simply saying he may not play and other people are looking and he's talking to other major leaguers, he didn't name them, and essentially saying that, hey, I may not play, that's a concern. And that's a concern we should all be listening to, quite honestly. And and I understand that people may think, oh, this is one big hope. Once again, no, folks. It's real. And it's now it's affecting our sports. And since I talked about Major League Baseball last week, I want to talk about college football. Here's the thing with college football. And before we get into it, I'll just simply say this. I'm being optimistic is a very good trait but there's you know pessimism is seeping in simply because of the fact that when you look at the covid when you look at the numbers you look at the cases you have legitimate concerns it's a legitimate concern and the reality is is that i'm not willing to sacrifice these young kids to go play sports just because you know for for money which we'll get into amongst other reasons but when you look at how the how various conferences are handling the Ivy League was the very first league to essentially shut everything down all the fall sports are just done they're canceled none none's going to happen until at least January 1st of next year there's no spring football it's highly unlikely that that's going to take place so now we look at the State of the Power Five conferences, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten essentially said, we're just going to do conference games only, which is very smart if you if you think about it, because at least there will be football and traveling is a huge concern, obviously, given what's going on. But the ACC has said that they're delaying fall sports until September 1st at the latest, per ESPN. And it's reported they're considering a 10-game home-at-home schedule, and Notre Dame would be included. And I'll get to why that's important in just a minute, and they'll be counted into the ACC standing. Now, the commissioner of the ACC, John Swaffer, stated that no final decision will be made until the end of July. Now, I want to go back and talk about Notre Dame. And why it's important why it's important that the ACC allowed them to the football, because as we know, Notre Dame football is independent. But in every other sport, they are in the ACC. And I think that's important because if you look at Notre Dame schedule, they really are basing it off of conf, other other conferences. So essentially, imagine, you know, they're not going to obviously play USC this year and they're not going to play Michigan State this year. And they may not play a lot of other teams, you know, if you know things are going the route that they are. But playing in the ACC allows them to compete in, on a competitive in a competitive conference. And I know I've read the ACC in the past outside of Clemson, but to have Notre Dame in the conference for at least this year makes things very interesting. And I think that's important to understand because it makes things. Changes the 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 dynamic, but now that leads us with two other conferences that are uncertain about what they're going to do, and that's the SEC and the Big Twelve. They have yet to make a decision on non-conference games or not. But at some point, the longer this goes, like I say about baseball, the decision will kind of be made for them whether they agree with it or not. I think for 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 the SEC, given the trend is going. I think essentially we play a lot of conference games speaking as a Gator fan listen we play a lot of conference games as this so why not just play all conference I think it's more than fair the Big 12 will be interesting and see how they format they may go the route of the ACC and do 10 home and home games with their schedule but I think the SEC just in my opinion I think you do the conference only I think it greatly benefits everybody in every capacity. But, you know, however, there's pessimism from the SEC commissioner who who essentially said, listen, he's concerned about the ability to even have a season. This is not just some schlub. OK, this is not just some, you know, executive. This is the guy who heads a power five company who are saying these things. It's important to listen to the words But more importantly The messenger Because sometimes we can miss the message by the messenger Listen, we think, oh, that guy said it We don't care, he or she said it, we don't care But you look at who they are and what they represent When I hear a commissioner Of a Power 5 conference say that he doubts There'll be, there's concerns I listen And listen, a a poll by Stadium stadium Stadium.com Said that, you know, the Power 5 athletic directors 75% of them are concerned and it's fair, because we're not just talking about financially the health, and we'll get to some of that in a minute. But it's a legitimate concern that basically three out of, three out of the four three out of four athletic directors in the Power Five are saying we may not play football. Period. No matter what the schedule is and how we set it up, and the college football playoff impact is simply listen. If it's conference only, it would be interesting, but I feel it benefits the SEC and the Big Ten because those are two stronger conferences if there is a season. Once again, having Notre Dame, the ACC kind of elevates the ACC at least for this year. And the Pac-12 is interesting. There's a lot of good teams there. But, you know, I trust the committee if there's a season. I'm not going to be like, oh, let's do it. This-. this is not the time to be promoting, oh, tournaments. Like, stop it. Like I don't want to hear this oh we gotta have our tournament. Like, no you don't. Stop it. to are on the record saying, just stop it. Don't even think about that. But these are some things I do want you to think about and why I feel about the why I feel the way that I do about the season. And that simply comes from a doctor. Now, I know, like I said, we don't listen to doctors, but listen, one of the Alabama doctors, you know, Norman Waldrop, he tweeted out, you know, a couple of yeah, I think two two weeks ago about, you know, his doubts and why he doubts about the college football season. And I'm just gonna read read them because some of them kind of mesh with one another. But listen, he said one thing that he said was, look, two seasons in seven months, it just won't work. Injuries. And he emphasizes injuries as a point. And I'll ever listen. I don't care how old you are. I don't care what the sport you're good. There's injuries. And essentially, two seasons and seven months, it, higher risk for injuries. It's once again not worth the risk. And plus, the NFL rolls into the fall and players are going to sit out. Like the, their draft stop. Listen, it's important. We've seen players like Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette we've seen guys sit out of bowl games but we're talking about potentially sitting out a season or maybe in a bridge season however you want to perceive it and that's a very big concern. That's a concern because kids think it's just not worth the risk going back to getting hurt and losing your stock back. Remember Jalen Smith from Notre Dame? Remember that guy was a first round pick until he got hurt he fell, he fell in the draft and got picked up, you know, second, third round and is an excellent player. And he, you know, people are like, well, why? Cause he lost money. And you don't want to do that. Injuries happen and you don't take risks like that. And I think it's a legit concern that, you know, a lot of college football player athletes are having right now amongst themselves. But whether they should play and getting, you know, advice where they can get it without getting dinged by the NCAA, that's a whole nother conversation. But it's a legitimate concern on that front. And also, look, let's just talk about the logistics here. Think about it. Fall and spring sports happening simultaneously is a nightmare. It's essentially having on one side of the room, you're having all of these kids You're having a birthday party on one side and having a retirement party on the other. Okay, like you go out to eat. There's, you know, little Jimmy or Susie celebrating their fifth birthday. And then in that same restaurant, you know, old man Jenkins is celebrating his retirement, you know, from from a company. Working, you know, 40 years at a company. Logistically, that's a nightmare. And that's, if you think about it, it's a clash here if you have fall and spring sports. So think about, think about. I think logistically it is going to be a nightmare. And also, listen, it's hard to play spring sports without having fall revenue. Listen, it's very hard to go anywhere in life if you don't have specific things. I'm talking from a, from a fiduciary aspect. Think about this. You can't go far if you don't have gas and you need money for gas so ergo if you don't have money and then you can't get gas you can't go anywhere that's the point the doctor's making here is, is that it's sort of a it's a sort of an effect it's a cause and effect situation because look just on the football alone each of the power 5 schools there's 65 power 5 schools Notre the name if you count 66 they're going to lose over 4 billion dollars in football revenue and 1.2 in ticket sales if there's no college football season. And that's from, you know, per ESPN, their expert, they have Patrick Reach from the Washington University in St. Louis. And listen, that's a concern. But here's the thing. You average that out, that's $62 million in football revenue and 18.6 million ticket sales gone for each Power 5 school. And listen, not every Power 5 school is made equal. A school in the SEC is not built the same way as a school in the ACC. A school in the Pac 12 like is not built the same way as a school in the Big 12. The point is is that you know, maybe a hit of that money may not hurt a lot of programs, but it hurts more than not because listen, Stanford had to close. They had to shut down some programs. East Carol, listen, it affects everyone. I think when you bring up football, people like you ignore the baseball, the basketball, the hockey, the field hockey, the lacrosse. You ignore those. We focus on football because it generates so much revenue. So that's why it was important to mention those numbers. Because, look, I don't listen. It's pretty useless to talk about playing spring sports if you don't have the revenue to do it. Because money makes the world go round. So I tell people, that's something to think about. But at the end of the day, that's why I remain, I remain optimistic that there will be a season. But some of those doubts do seep in and they're legitimate concerns. And I want people to understand is, is that if you want, if you want sports, you have to sacrifice something. If you want anything in your life, you have to sacrifice something. You know, what I always say is that, you know, using, you know, a real life example what's going on now. If you want to be you go out and you want to have fun and party and blah, 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 and have life to normalcy. Listen, listen to doctors, listen to experts. If you want if you want sports, wear a mask. Be safe. If you want any, if you want life to return to normal, wear a mask. Do because in order for things to get back to normal, they're not asking you to solve 10 Rubik's cubes and in two hours you're asking you to do fundamental things that you can do it goes back to the concept of individualism versus collectivism period I said society is looking at this from an individualistic me 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 and not from the collective saying us 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 that's why in some cases we may be screwed 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 not just you know what's going on out there what's going on in college sports we may get screwed 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 if there's no college sports but a lot of schools are going to get screwed 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 And with that, I'll say that when we come back on the show, I'm going to recap UFC 251. But I'm just going to pick up the two things that stood out to me for two very, very different reasons. And that's next here on the Sports and the World Podcast. And welcome back into the Sports and the World Podcast. And before we get started talking about UFC 251... I want to drop the social media you can check us out on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash sports the world and also join our group there as well. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's at sports the world. That's at sports the world. And our website, which an article is published every Tuesday night. It's SportsInTheWorld.com slash dot excuse me. Dot WordPress.com. That's SportsInTheWorld1.wordpress.com. And check me out on my personal my personal Twitter and IG. My Twitter is at Lidarius underscore brown. And on IG, it's at Fan 77 So check us out there. I'll mention it again in the show as well. So UFC 251. I'll be the first guy to admit I had to watch the highlights because I completely forgot. It was on. But you know, luckily you go back and you get to watch it again and you watch the highlights. And two things stuck out to me And you know at some point I'll bring on somebody that I Who knows a lot about UFC To break it down more in depth But I want to talk about two things that stood out And that was Come on Yuzman And the Jorge Masvidal match Listen You know Usman Completely dominated that match if you watch it from kind of beginning to end, you 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 see in the decision it made a lot of sense. You know, Masvidal, I believe, had dropping, trying to drop weight. And that's, you're trying to drop weight and compete, that has the effect on your body, it's your stamina. And so, I, I think in that regard, I think in that regard, it's like you, you you wanted Masvidal and you kind of saw where it kind of affected him. And Usman took over. Yuzmon Listen, he hit seventy-seven point one percent of his total strikes, as opposed to fifty-six point one for Masvidal. The thing is, that match struck me. Listen, there was five takedowns by Yuzman, none by Masvidal. I think when you look at Yuzman, you look at the direction of UFC, you look at that match, and you go, "That's a very, very good match." And the reality is, is that UFC has been pretty, pretty. Has become even more popular because of the quarantine, because they were one of the first sports to come back. But going back to the stars in that card, the card was pretty good. You know, Max Holloway. You could argue he got kind of screwed, but that's, I'm not going to get into that's why they want to talk about it in, in depth. But I did want to talk about in great emphasis about the women's flyweight match that happened between Amanda Ribas and Paige Van VanZant. Now, we all don't have it in Paige Van Zandt. You know, the match was not even 221, the first round by submission with the arm bar. And if you saw that armbar, folks, oh, look, you, you kind of knew. Look, <sighs> Reeboks was, favor- she was a heavy favorite. Minus 770 to win. So Paige Van Zandt had essentially no chance of winning. And Dana White after match said, listen, just give up your dream. She told the Paige Van Zandt. And the reason why I wanted to talk about that is this Because I noticed I noticed a trend And Whether you think it's a good trend or not That's that's up to you the audience To to decide But When this applies to WWE It applies to any Physical sport for For, for women's sport Like the women's football league The X league Whether it's Women's hockey Whether it's the W Here's the thing Your looks And, I, and I'll and use this very clearly Your looks can get you into any building what, It can get you into any building But what keeps you in the building Is actually having the talent I'm not going to sit there and say Paige Van Zandt is untalented No, no, don't go to my Twitter or Instagram to, Oh, there is called Paige Van Zandt untalented No When Dana White, the president of UFC, says give up your dream, he's essentially saying that he didn't really believe in it because she was an IG model. She was an Instagram model. She's only 26. She's only 26. So it's not like she's at the end of a career, you know, UFC career. No. You know, she's lost. Here's the thing. Four of her last six matches. That's why Dana White's saying her dream is over it's not saying out of spite he's just saying listen the experiment's over we move on cut our losses her con- this is essentially for a contract and she just didn't get it done he just didn't get the job done so here's the thing <clears throat> excuse me the reality is simply this what I'm tired of is that when people judge women's sports this is, this is the part that's going to get me and it's time for story time you know story time with the various here or Uncle D as you know my niece and nephews call me it's time for story time here here's the thing this is the problem that would happen with WWE in celebrating the women's evolution which is an article I wrote on the website at sportsintheworld1.wordpress.com t- you know I talked about the four horsemen I talked about Sasha Payne I talked about Bailey. I talked about Charlotte Flair. I talked about Becky Lynch. I talked about the, how they benefited from the women's evolution, because before that, women weren't—they weren't, the, weren't the center of attention. They were not the main event at WrestleMania. They were none of that, because a lot of wrestling fans, not me, they just saw these women as sideshows and attractions. Because they look good And they have to kill time during a show So we'll give them 30 seconds No more than 5 minutes In matches Some of them were gimmick matches But now we've evolved from that So now Your looks You can look great This is what I want to tell young women Understand That you're going to have guys That are going to focus on your looks so, I'm not saying all of them will, but some will. But you, When you put in that work, let me tell you something. You're going to be a star. If you have the talent, the capability, the looks will be the last thing they'll talk about that's how great you are, whether it's in the octagon, whether it's in the ring, whether you're on a court, whether you're on a playing field. It doesn't matter. Page Bay is in an example of People focusing on how good she looked. Listen, she eight and five is not bad. But when you look at Amanda Reba, she's ten and one. And when you look at how I feel about that is simply look. Paige Van Zant has won some matches. She's not garbage, she's not terrible. But why Dana White said what he said it was simply that he didn't say in a misogynistic way. He said basically, hey, you're not cut out for this. You lost four of your last six matches. I said, Holly Holm, Ronda Rousey, Amanda New, Joanna Jedrick. Those are great female UFC fighters. And Amanda realized is well on her way to being that. The point is is that we didn't talk about once. Those women I just mentioned their looks. But when you talk about Paige Van Zandt, and she was an IG model and then became a UFC fighter, we what do we do? We talked about her looks. And we kind of got lost and said, oh wait, she's a UFC fighter. But you said, Joanna Jesuit has been too. But when I think of Joanna Jesuit on Instagram, listen, she's out there fighting. So so is listen, so is Paige Van Zandt. But listen Folks, it's show and tell, not tell and show. You can tell me how good she is, but what she showed me was very contradictory to what you told me. I could, I could tell you I have a brand new, you know, Aston Martin behind that curtain. You're going to want to see him. That's what's always called show and tell, not tell and show. And as much as we want to sit here and say that the Page Man's NXP, it didn't work. And the reason why I tied it to WWE is because WWE got caught in the air when we focused on the women in gimmick matches, like Braun Panties, man fighting in mud and bikinis. Until fans like me realized these are some talented women, like Trish Stratton, Alita, the Bella, you know, they're much more talented than these gimmicks. Especially The batches that, that Trish and Lena do Like They were better than that And listen they They made invented a Raw And that was almost I believe 20 years ago And you're like well how could that happen Because somebody in the back said Hey these women are much more Than those gimmicks were putting on I'm not saying you're pointing the finger At Facebook man I, I, There's a lot of people you can point fingers at here but we as fans got tired of focusing on the looks of women. Because look, we know they look good. They look amazing, they beautiful. But a lot of them, if you ask them, they want to be treated equal. How talented they are. With Paige Van Zandt, I did not hear one person saying that she was that good in the Octagon. Not a You know Maybe not say Not a one But not a lot And Paige Vincent Is very talented She's very She's gifted And she has the skills That she trained Her butt off She did But the reality Is that Then I hear rumors That oh maybe She goes to WWE And I say No Here's why you stop it. And work with Ronda Rousey And WWE For the record disc- You know Full disclaimer Shouldn't give up On Shayna Baszler Because of the MMA background It can work it's effective. Becky... What's Becky Lynch's finisher? The disarmer. How did Amanda Rios beat Paige Van With the armbar, which is essentially the disarmer. So when Vince says he, he's not convinced visit MMA, I think it's garbage. It's garbage when he says it. Because one of the four women who have benefited from, Reve- you know, from this women's evolution is a very talented woman in the ring. An overall talented WWE superstar... That's her finisher. So when you say to me that that's an MMA, that's an MMA move and you're telling, oh, I can understand Shane, why Shayna, I can understand, you know, MMA. Listen, you understand the kerfuda clutch, that's on you. Listen, Sonya Deville, she has an MMA background. Okay, so, the question is, when I hear this Paige being sent the WWE nonsense, I simply go, look, could it work? Sure, but it would not work to the heights of Ronda Rousey because Ronda Rousey was the top of the sport whether you thought what happened how the way your career ended. she made a lot of money. She's very talented, very gifted. She's doing her own thing. When you look at Paige Van Zandt, I just don't see it. Like how are you going to use her when, you, when I hear talking about you don't want to use two women properly you got Sonya Deville, who you're not really trying to push. And you got Shayna Baylor, who you're really not trying to push. And you're going to throw Paige Van Zandt, folks, because of her looks. And that's not Paige Van Zant's fault. That's WWE not getting it. WWE not getting it. When you hire Ronda Rousey, it's because she was talented. Nobody talked about her looks. But yet, every time I hear a conversation about Paige Van Zandt, more than not, it's about her looks. So, people, before I put a button on this, understand, I'm not here. as not personal about Paige Van Zandt, because listen, the writing was kind of on the wall if she lost this match. Her contract was up, so it's no big loss to UFC. I hope she does well. She may go to another fight promotion. She may as well pursue WWE, and I, and I root for her, but the reality is that this is another example of... Ugh, you just can't jump into that octagon and expect. Listen, and then, hey, you gotta you gotta prove it. And Paige Van Zandt didn't. There are a lot of male UFC stars who fell in that same trap. There are a lot of male superstars who have MMA backgrounds, and they didn't kind of semi pan out. So I, it, it crosses both streams. But but before I speaking of crossing streams, I want to cross over to NBA. WNBA real quick before we wrap up We talk about you know Elena Della uh, as many of you or some of you may not know that listen I'm a huge WNBA fan I'm looking for that Liberty you know and me as a Seattle Storm fan I'm looking forward to seeing Sabrina Yescu and Breonna Stewart I'm looking for that matchup but I will be watching it so I love the WNBA and just the other day yesterday as a matter of fact the league basically told Elena Deladon, either you play or you sit out. Now, in major league baseball, a player sits out they get paid. In the WNBA, if you don't play without a medical exemption, you don't get paid. Elena Deladon has had Lyme disease since 2008. The reality is that her doc her doctors said she shouldn't probably play. I wouldn't want her to play If I was Listen it, Listen It's not worth it. When she talks to her spouse It's not worth it And the reality is That these WNBA doctors Are saying Oh Listen This is not a contest we somebody's life Listen It's why Roman Reigns I said, Speaking of which What do I say you seen Roman Reigns In a ring He got leukemia He ain't taking that chance Behind the disease, you don't take that chance if you're immune. It, studies can show, listen, it could go, listen, I know, oh, but, percentage listen, I'm not a doctor. I have, a, I have an MBA degree and a bachelor's degree. So, look, I have a bachelor's in criminal justice and in an MBA. I'm not a doctor. But what I am is a human being who's willing to read and have common sense. If someone came to me, if a personal doctor of someone said, listen, they can't compete, because of this I listen to the, her doctors I listen to their doctors let read doctors hey that's great compare notes because obviously they got the same documents so I just want to throw that in I'm like I'm if I was Atlanta Dillard don I love I loved her with, since she came out of college and you know, when she came out with the Chicago Sky now she with the Washington the mystics and I'm rooting for her that whatever decision she makes I know she'll make the right one and I think it's not fair for the WWE to put her in that precarious position. And, but unfortunately, we're in the position to say that we're out of time for this week's episode of the Sports in the World podcast. And one more time before we go, the socials at Facebook.com slash Sports the World. And join our Facebook group there. will be a daily poll question. And as well, you see a poll question on Twitter and Instagram. And check us out there at Sports the World. And on our website, Sports the World 1.com dot com slash dot com <laughs> dot wordpress dot com. I got so worked up. I'll repeat it again. It's sportsintheworldone dot wordpress dot com. That's sportsintheworldone dot dot com. And check out our, our, our recent article, a why we need the voice of the athlete in today's world. Check it out. It came out yesterday. And catch me on my personal Twitter at at Ravensler underscore brown and on Instagram at span 77 and until you hear me again, and hopefully Chris will be back here next week. I'm Vanilla Brown. Be real, be human, and be blessed. From us here at the Sports and the World podcast.